This is Film Center. Your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian. Hey everybody, welcome to Film Center. My name's Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And today we are here with the lovely... Andrea Michelle. Andrea, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Wonderful. It's crazy because I recently interviewed your son. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Cepheus, that's my son. Yes. yes. Cash Guerrero. Entertainment runs in the family because Andrea is a big producer. Aww. She out here in Los Angeles. <laughs> your son's episode was super informative. Like, it was really nice to see somebody who is actually in the thick of it. Yes. Having to say, okay, in response to going with solidarity, I had to become a PE teacher. Yes. So that I could sustain himself. Yes. What is it like? What is it like? Because first, before we get really into the episode, because I know you are a little bit yes. outside of this outside of the show. What is it like supporting your son through that? Like, what, what was it like when you heard your son was like, oh, I'm not going to cross the picket line. What was your opinion on it? Because you're oh, a producer. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I'm one, I'm an independent producer. Yes. So that makes a big difference. Yes. No studio supporting anything I'm doing at the moment. At the moment, not currently. At the moment, currently, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> that all should change. It will change. But no, I definitely, first of all, I'm someone who really believes in supporting the underdog, right? The yeah. Un- underserved, underrepresented. So for me, I felt that the writers and the actors don't get a fair shake. And right. I believed that they were well within their rights to demand what they're demanding. And I also started out as an actor. And I've always been a little bit... Is that where your son got the acting skills from? Is they yes. It's genetic? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Actually, it's something that he never wanted to do. Really? I really? always knew that. Oh, this is, yeah. this is great. I, oh, please spill the tea. This please is, give us the beans. Yeah. yeah, I always, for me, watch, he's going to kill me for this. <laughs> but as a child, uh-huh. four or five year old, years old, he would. Come on. <laughs> for baths, bath uh-huh. time uh-huh. was storytelling time. Oh. What he used to do was take all his toys. Yeah. And in the tub, create story and then say, mom, come in. And then I would go in for bath time and he would like act it out with the toys. Wow. Really? Wow. So How for old was me, he? he was four or five years old. That's advanced for our, our five-year-old yes. to set up like everything. Yes. I'm yes. telling you. Like, so for me, I think it's innate, right? It's something yes. that's always been there. His dad's in the industry too. Sometimes these things just... I think just it's in the genes somewhere, yes. right? What does yeah. his dad do in the industry? He's more on the tech side. He does lighting, but he also pro- did music producing. So he was all, wow. also produced music back in the 90s. So for those of you who don't know, we do Film Center. We take it on the road. And Andrea gave us her lovely time. She's a very busy woman. We're outside Priscilla's right now. And Priscilla's Coffee Shop here in Burbank. Burbank. And one thing that's quite interesting about Priscilla's, because we, we could have gone to a couple of different places, and we interviewed her son, Cass, at, at BJ's. But Priscilla's, for me, was really my first time meeting any celebrity at all, period. And that's a story mm-hmm. for a different time. So I was like, oh, yes. I'm going to bring Andrea on. 
I gotta have my mojo. Right. I gotta bring my. I love Priscilla's. It's great, and it's just Burbank is such an industry place and an industry town, so to speak. It's wonderful to be here in Burbank because I live in Silver Lake. So let me ask you a question: when it comes to when it comes to being an independent producer, mm-hmm. how do you view? Because the WJA now has a tentative deal, but you're an independent producer right now, mm-hmm. currently. Right. So, how do you? view the strike from your perspective because you are you are the producer but at the same time your emotions and your side is on the strikers honestly here's what i think first of all i think that and i know this is not most people's thinking but i think that instead of having different unions for people within the industry Mm -hmm. there should be one entertainment union Really? Because we fight against each other's benefits, right? So the producers are fighting against the writers, and mm-hmm. the writers are from the actors. They were all impacted by it. If we had a, we had solidarity in the industry, then we wouldn't have that issue, right? Every, it would all be fair. Right. So I don't like the idea of the actors having one union protecting them. In fact, the actors used to have separate unions. AFTRA and SAG used and, to even be exactly, different. and then now they they merged yeah. exactly, and they merged. And I don't know that it, it necessarily changed anything for us, mm-hmm. for the actors, because we still get the rind of the deal anyway. You make the least money, <laughs> well, just, unless it, you're a one percenter on productions. We're the last man in, that kind of thing. But speaking from an actor's perspective, but from a producer's perspective, and just for me, in terms of fairness, I think if there was one umbrella... And we're all because we're all going for the same goal. We want successful product, right? right? A successful film. And for those those of us who don't know specifically when you say successful, because there are some people who listen to our show and our show is geared towards people who are in the industry. Right. Mm -hmm. But for anyone else who might not be listening, can you uh, define successful projects like films and television? Okay. At least a little bit. Yes. Success in my, for me, Mm -hmm. means we get it done, right? (laughs) (laughs) We get it on time and on budget. But it also means that it's something that you can put out to the public and people will see it and enjoy it and be impacted by it. So you want a product that you're proud of and everyone that's engaged in it worked on it mm. they're proud of it they you enjoyed working with the people on it you had good relationships you even formed family mm. as a result of being on it's set together yes exactly 14 hour days you get to know people and so success to me is having all of those elements right we had a great working relationships everyone was happy we got the project done on time we didn't have to do a lot of changes to the script. No page one rewrite. <laughs> no page. Exactly. Uh, a little bit of history with me and Andrea. I've worked with Andrea on a couple of different projects. Right. And her and I have had to go through a situation. I'm not going to get specific, <laughs> right. but she's already laughing. Like in which we had to go through a rewrite on set. Mm-hmm. And I have to give a shout out to Andrea because she was very supportive because I wanted to do some things <laughs> and she was like, oh, it's not good ideas, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you do what you got to do as a director and it ended up working out. Yes. Um, Cause I was a producer on that project. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. Not even being specific. <laughs> and she knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, Andrea, we had this incident happen. I need you to somehow give us. Yes. 30 minutes. I need the writer in here. I need yep. the on set. And then I also need the EP. We can yes. go over to 
this room and we gotta talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Andreas, she's a real one. She knows how to handle like anything. <laughs> one one question that I would have for you and would want to ask you. I think you made a very important distinction at the beginning of the show by saying you were an independent producer mm-hmm. and not a studio producer. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the strife between the producers and the writers and the actors. Can you explain to our audience for us the difference between a studio producer and an independent producer like yourself? Sure. Okay, so basically the studio producers are the big entertainment companies, right? The big studios, the Warner Brothers, the Sonys. Those are the bigger studios. And so the people that work in on those lots and in the capacity as producers on their projects, they're different from the people that are finding a script and going to find the money, the financing and begging your friends and family to support your film and getting it done that way. The studios generally have a budget. They, everything from nuts to bolts, they, finance everything they take care of everything independence part grassroots right yes independence yeah guerrilla style grassroots and there there are smaller studios that do independent things as well so your a24 is a smaller studio they're not quite as big as warner and sony and paramount and those other companies and they tend to be more um do independent projects right they're independent projects as well right and then where would you say the independent producers fall in line as far as this whole controversy goes because they're they're in the middle yeah i think um we're in the middle only because you have the title producer, right? Because we don't necessarily operate in the same way that the studios operate, but they're writers. It also makes you non-exclusive. Right? So yeah. There's a lot of producers who, like, they work only for HBO or exactly. only for Warner. Exactly, exactly. Right? Being independent, you can, kind of, you can work on anything. You can work on anything, you you, yes. And those production companies, they can get writers from different places. They can get scripts and they mine projects from different places. Whereas the studios, first of all, you have to have a representative to even get in the door like to, as a writer to get there and then they hire the writers so the writers are on staff as opposed to with independent companies and things we don't necessarily have the writers on staff it's more contract based with yeah. everything mm-hmm. project based exactly so yeah and a lot of times with myself once i take a project for example i get a writer and i option their script or we agree that i'm going to produce it I don't really, we pay the writer a fair thing or we have a fair deal negotiated and the writer has a lot of say in what they negotiate. Whereas with the studios, that's not necessarily the case. And what I think one of the things that the writers were discussing too was the fact that with streaming, they weren't getting residuals and things like that, right? So with an independent producer, especially now, those things are negotiated. It seems as an independent producer, you're a bit more hands-on with the projects. Oh, and you, absolutely. If I could say, care about them a bit more from ground to complete you're a building. Bit more on the Producers are a lot of times on the development side anyway, but it feels like you're on it for every bump of the ride compared to those who were studio producers where they can just pass off some stuff to some absolutely delegate things. absolutely we as independent producers and for me in particular i take projects that i 
absolutely care about because I'm more on the side of like socially relevant content. Mm -hmm. So I like projects and things that are going to be impactful. So what's it takes, what does it take for a producer like yourself to get interested in a project outside of just straight up? Because I know there's a lot of uh, variables to consider because you just said, oh, I like things that I think they're going to be impactful. What else do you think, what else about a story or a project that catches your interest where you're like, okay, I think I'm going to be a part of this because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time, it's a lot of effort. Um, going to go find funding is a whole yeah. headache by itself. So what about a project makes well, you say, okay, I want to be part of it? To be fair, I would consider myself more of a creative producer than a funding producer mm-hmm. because that's something that I'm really working on. Like getting to the place where I have the network, number one, to be able to approach people for money. So I don't necessarily do a lot of that currently. But it's something that I like for my own projects I have to do, but it's not something that I enjoy doing. I think anyone likes to enjoy, enjoy <laughs> No, there are funding. people that love to find money. It's a very certain breed of people. It like, is, like, and I, I need to find more of those people to work with. <laughs> and they're, they're always being scooped. They're always, every time I, I have a funding partner, every time I talk to him, he, I'm like, oh, hey, man, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm in London for the next four months. Yeah. And I'm like, working on something. He goes, yeah, I don't like... In fact, he's he's booked up for the next uh, two years, yep. especially after the strike. He, mm-hmm. I talked to him the other day. He said, yeah, I have worked for the next two years. Yes. Because I, yeah. I, I can't because, even. Because a lot of that's one of the talking in, in looking at filmmaking and the, the, how film where filmmaking is going. You're like, oh, you can make a movie on your phone. Come on. Let's be real. Right. right? To... It's so I think people it's so simplistic to say that and to say that to filmmakers, too. Mm-hmm. And so we have people on TikTok, we have people on Instagram making films on their phone. That does not make it a quality film that I really want to see. Or a quality or, film that you could sell. Exactly. Or something that I'd be interested in taking on. If you come to me and say, I have a project, but I'm going to film it on my phone. I'm be like, no. <laughs> right? Speaking of Unless which. it has something to do with the story. Right. Yes. And that it's that's a way to tell the story. Speaking of which, so Martin Scorsese recently uh, said that we're in a film reinventing era. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you brought that up because... He also said that, oh, he was one of those people who said, oh, you could just make a, a movie on your phone. But recently he stated that because of the way films are, are working now, and I want to say post-strike because there's still a strike going mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. as of um, October uh, 9th. But what do you think that really means, reinventing film? Or what is your perspective on that? Because you also run a film festival. Right. Correct? Yes, I sure do. You've been doing it since uh, 2016. 2016. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has seen a billion and a half films and, and judges them yeah. and is like running a festival herself, you're basically on the forefront of seeing these films be reinvented and how they're done. Yeah. Do you feel like we're in a, like a reinvention time or a renaissance? Or what's going on with that? I think that we're in a reinventing time in terms of the type of content we're seeing. I think that in terms of the way films are made, I don't know that, okay, given technology, it's making it a lot easier, right? Right. For people to make film and a lot less expensive, but it's still expensive nonetheless, right? I think it's important to people to understand that. They think that somehow you can't have filmmaking as a hobby, right? And people try to do, it's not a hobby. And it's a collaborative experience. 
and you need all hands on deck. You need the gaffers. You need the grips. You need the DPs, the cinematographers, the actors, the scripty. A lot of people try to do it without a scripty, right. and you should not, right? right? For the script supervisor. Supervisor, but for some people who might not even know what that is, because there are some people out there who do grassroots stuff. And- what script supervisor is, which yeah. you should know what this position is. And even if right. you're doing grassroots stuff, you need to have a script supervisor. That's why you see the cup in one place on the set and <laughs> on the thing. And then the next scene, the cup is on the fridge. Come on, guys. You need someone to talk. It's called, It's about con- continuity, right? Making sure that everything looks the same. One, I, I just literally saw a film where the girl had like a braids in one se- one day mm-hmm. and of shooting or in the scene. And the same day in the scene, she had a weave. What? Yes. So because they probably shot the thing on yeah. out of sequence on like separate yeah. days. Yeah. And when she came back to set, no one said, hey, you had braids. We have a different you have different hairstyle we need to change that right right? so (laughs) we need that one question i would have for you would be as a producer as a grassroots producer creative producer it's funny that you say that you need a script supervisor and you say that filmmaking is expensive everybody's always trying to save on costs when making a production Mm -hmm. as a producer is who has been doing this for a while what is it that people try and skip on that they should not skip on because it's going to really affect the production? The just most open up a giant can of words. The yes. most <laughs> important thing is sound. Yes. People try to skimp on sound, and sound will ruin your entire film. Sound is definitely one of those things that you must have. Get a good sound person, pay the money, get them. That's number one. What is this, nursery? (laughs) You said that in one scene, she's wearing a different hairstyle than another scene. Do you Mm -hmm. think that this could possibly have been because the scripty was not either, was not paying attention or was like... No, they didn't have a scripty. Yeah. There's no way you have a scripty and do that, right? And plus, it's one of those, once again, independent, low-budget projects, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when you don't have the money, those are the things that you get rid of or you skimp on. A script supervisor and sound. Mm -hmm. Two things that are absolutely necessary. Maybe because I know you've made so many films and I'm sure that some have needed something else more than others. I'm sure you've been on some, produced some films where like, oh, I wish we had better sound. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been on some films where like, oh, I wish we had better PD, right? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you think filmmakers should not worry as much about? Because everything is important. The camera. Really? Folks, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like an Ari is a camera. So is a Black Magic. Yeah. So is a Sony. I don't know the numbers and the names of the Sonys, mm. but I just saw a film that was made on a Sony and it was amazing. You know what I mean? Mm. So people are spending thousands and thousands of dollars to make sure they're on an Epic or an Ari or whatever. Mm. And that's not the, the film quality is important, but the camera that you use isn't as important. As so someone- you could just do it on your phone. No. <laughs> no, I will not endorse that one. <laughs> that's too that's too low budget. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um as someone who's been on a whole bunch like uh a whole bunch of films and then you're producing a whole bunch of films, excuse me, and then you're seeing films come into your film festival. Mm-hmm. Is there any crossover that you see that you're like, man, everyone is just messing up on outside of sound? 
I think it's just the writing. So, oh, really? Yeah. Some of the writing is just, for lack of a better word, I think it's just not, no, it's just not good. Let me just go there. <laughs> it's just not good. I think what I do love about my festival is that the... So for those of you, for those of them people who don't know your festival, uh, what it's called and where it's at. Okay. So the festival is called the Pembroke Tapparelli Arts and Film Festival, and it focuses on social justice and social change. Mm -hmm. So we're all about filmmakers and artists in general using their voice for social change to make this world a better place. So the films that come into my festival, the artwork that we see all have to do with some social justice issue, something that is relevant to that space. We get films from all over the world. It's an international festival. So we get films from all over the world that focuses on that. So the good thing is that I love the fact that filmmakers are out there tackling these subject matters. They're tackling racism. They're tackling domestic violence. They're tackling food insecurity. They're tackling medical apartheid. They're tackling these issues. So I'm gender issues. I'm very excited about that. Uh, but I just think that a lot of times it's peop it's filmmakers who don't spend enough time either researching their subject matter and or spend enough time doing rewrites. They get excited, they write it once, and they just start filming. It sounds like you're talking a lot about, and you got to correct me if I'm wrong, but it mm -hmm. sounds like you're talking a lot about fundamentals. You're talking about, hey, you know, everyone knows you got to have a camera and you got to have sound, but you're like, they're not doing well in sound. Everyone knows there has to be a script. But then they don't spend time on the script. They spend time on the lenses. And so it seems like a lot of the fundamentals, they're doing the, they're doing all the bells and whistles, but aren't, aren't focusing on the fundamentals. Yeah, but come on. How many times have you watched some big budget film that didn't make sense? The script was horrible. Yeah. So, yes, it doesn't. It's not it's fundamentals, but it's not just beginning filmmakers. Right. Mm -hmm. It's an industry of people that we're in a microwave society where everything should be fast and ready, already done. People aren't really doing the work and the industry's following suit. We're in a society, they say to you that, oh, we can't do anything over five minutes because of attention span. Which really? isn't true because how, do, isn't how, do, true. how do you live in a society that says, oh, our attention spans are getting shorter, but Netflix has proved that people binge things more often exactly. than not. Exactly. So right. that's why I don't ascribe to that. And that's why people com complain to me about the length of the name of my festival. Oh, it's too long. It's too... Really? Okay, <laughs> you should change it. You should change. I when I first started it, I had people who were interested in working with me on it financially, and right. because I wouldn't change the name of my festival, they backed out. But I'm not going to change the name of my festival. You ask me what it means, and or go look it up. Look up the word Tapparelli. You'll see Luigi Tapparelli. He coined the phrase social justice. How it has can a I meaning to it. exactly? How can I have a festival about social justice and not be willing to honor the person that coined the phrase it's in 1834? It's, it's a little funny because you're like you had to have some of your own social justice. To right. name it about social justice, justice right. exactly. <laughs> one one question that I would ask you, which I think would be very interesting to know, is you said that this film festival was international, right? Yes. From countries from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Are there certain countries that have certain signatures that the content from this country focuses on this, and the content from this country focuses on this? And is interestingly enough, I would say Iran. I get so many submissions from Iran and a, a lot about gender issues. Really? 
Yes. And I was surprised at how much material comes in related to gender issues from Iran. And a lot of the films are not being able to be shown in Iran. How do you handle those kind because your your film festival isn't like others where it's all just there's not a whole bunch of like tons of crazy action films or something like mm-hmm. that. So how do you handle so many it's about social justice, which is the common thread, but how do you handle it being from so many different cultures, right? Like But, but that's the beauty of it, right? Because mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I did this and did it that way was because I wanted to learn how other people were dealing with these issues. I wanted to see how gender issues were being impacted in other countries and how the film made, because the filmmakers are the ones that we learn about other cultures through film. Right. Yes. We learn through so, that lens. Exactly. Yes. Through their lens. So that was one of the reasons um, for doing this, because we experience racism in this country as a black person. I experienced mm-hmm. racism in this country. So I wanted to see how racism is impact affected affects others, I should say, mm-hmm. in other countries, other parts of the world. Is it an issue? I want to see how dom- we talk about domestic violence a lot in this country. Mm-hmm. No one thinks about domestic violence in the Netherlands. That's true. But it right. happens. We've had films. It, it was important for me to see how other countries and other um, people were dealing with these issues. And we learn about that through the lens of the, the filmmakers. Where, when does this, so when is it happening this year? It's happening November 3rd and 4th. November 3rd and 4th. Yes, in downtown L.A. So this is in L.A. It's going to be downtown at ArtShare L.A. Where can people buy tickets to it? Online at www.ptaff or at Afton Tickets, A-F-T-O-N Tickets.com. You can find our festival, PTAF or Pembroke Tapparelli Arts and Film Festival. You can find it on our website, which is ptaf.org, or you can find tickets at Afton Tickets as well. Okay. Yeah. It's been so great talking to you, and especially I know that you're very busy. Is there anything else that you think that people who want to talk about social justice really need to consider? Is it just that you just got to get it out there, or is it more about focusing uh, more on the story? Because some of them are like even the, the fictionalized versions mm-hmm. of command are based on real life objects. Exactly. Uh, real life obstacles. I think one thing I would say is that a lot of filmmakers don't address social issues in their films because they're afraid of it not being able to be commercial. Mm. So right. that's one of the main issues. There's, I remember reading about a filmmaker, and I don't want to say his name because I'm. I want to say it's Michael Bay, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm. But I believe he did like Transformers, right? Yeah, yeah he right. did. Tra- right. He did Transformers. And so he did all of those movies, and he had a passion project that he wanted to do. But he did all of those films first. And then he embarked on doing his passion project. And I forget the name of it currently, but I believe it had to do with war or something like that. Mm. I want to say Patriot or something. I can't remember specifically. But that's a lot of people's attitude, right? I'm going to go do the big blockbusters first, and then I'm going to come back and go into my passion project. A lot of them never come back. A lot of them never get the opportunity. They never get the opportunity. And I think it's so important that we use our voice to make this world a better place. And who better to do it than filmmakers? Remember, we're creators, right? Right. So as creator, right, we're close to God as creators because God created. So on some level, 
you're God in the film world, right? Right, right yeah. <laughs> you're Because you're creating yeah. content. You're creating, create things with a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Focus on, don't, I, I, maybe I'm wrong with this mentality, but I do believe the money will come. Do what you love, the money will come. I do believe that. Use your voice, the money will come in some capacity, some way or shape or the other. Mm. Recognition will come. Use your voice, make this world a better place. That's really what I believe. So are you saying that that recognition, money, profit, all of that is a byproduct of a good film that you have a passion for? I think so, yes. I think so. There are a lot of people who spend years making for example i think it was called the apost was it the apostle i think was it robert duvall see now i'm not 100 percent sure but i believe it took him a very long time to make that film one because it was a passion project and two he would, couldn't get financing for it right because right. it was a great film now when he finally got it done i think it took 10 years or something like that finally got it done it was a successful film now sometimes Success doesn't necessarily mean money, right? So we... You have to define that for yourself. Exactly. Success is a byproduct of doing what you love. Success is a byproduct of telling your story in your own voice, making an impact on society, making an impact in the world. Now, once again, like you just said, you have to define what success is for you. For those who are looking for money, I'm not... I can't say that it's always going to be money as a byproduct right but i can say that you're going to sleep well at night <laughs> that you got it done and you got it out of you you gave birth to it right andrea i thank you so much for uh, uh coming on to our radio show and talking to us um is there anything else you want to tell the listeners for um, yeah just to go back to the reinventing um cinema here i think the reinventing that we need to see is Moving, move away from franchise. Away right? from the franchise. Away from the franchise. Create independent stories. Stop um, going with the formula. Right. Up on, but now it's time to do something different. Starting to move beyond it. Yeah, move beyond it. Yes. So fantastic. I thank you so much for coming on. And guys, go check out her film festival. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in November. What day were the dates again? November 3rd and 4th. November 3rd and 4th. And this, guys, this has been Film Center. I'm Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And we're here with Andrea Michelle. And we'll see you next time. See you. See ya. This has been Film Center on Comic Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at filmcenternews.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get the Hollywood trade straight to you. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major platforms. Tune in next week for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center.